the one message I would really like to get out, Andrew, is that any business in Cumberland County who who needs help right now, please contact the connector. That was Susan McIsaac, a chartered accountant and partner at McIsaac Dara Chartered Accountants in Amherst. Our guest today on episode 14. Stay informed, get involved. Welcome to the Great Amherst Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Cameron. Welcome back to the Great Amherst Podcast, everybody. Today's guest is Susan McIsaac, and I'm so glad that she came on to chat with me for this episode. Susan has been a chartered accountant in Amherst since uh, 1990 when she joined Grant Thornton. She purchased the firm in 1999, and Vicki Dara joined her as a partner in 2007. So I wanted her to come on to talk about accounting, what her firm does, how it can help people. And I also wanted her to come on to talk to us about the Cumberland Business Connector. I've talked about the Cumberland Business Connector in episode four with Ron Furlong of the Amherst and Area Chamber of Commerce and episode seven with Mayor David Kogan. And I thought a lot of people may not know what the Cumberland Business Connector is, who Jonathan McClellan is, and the history behind the organization. And Susan was one of the driving forces and was instrumental in the creation of the Cumberland Business Connector. And I wanted to talk to her and hear the story behind why and how it was formed and what it has been doing for our community since then. Before we got and started talking about the Business Connector, Susan shared her story of how she got into accounting. It was not a straightforward path at all and required a meeting with former local accountant Kirk Ferguson. Uh, We talked a lot about what their firm does, and Susan also told us a story about who told her she shouldn't be a teacher, that she shouldn't teach accounting, and that she should stick to being an accountant. So stick around to hear all these stories and more. For everyone who has subscribed on Apple Podcasts, thank you. I really appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed yet, please log on and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. That way you won't miss another episode, or any of our local stories. Today's episode is brought to you by The Bicycle Specialist. Basil and Julie Hicks are open limited hours and are willing to pick up your bike, stroller, or other items that need servicing. Find The Bicycle Specialist on Facebook or by phone at 660-3393. And our backyard barbecue and smokehouse. Located in the Amherst Town Square Mall, Greg and his team are still open preparing barbecue orders for takeout only. Contact them by phone at 661-6146 or by Facebook to ask about their 15% discount for essential workers. Welcome everyone uh, to the next episode of the Great Amherst Podcast. Uh, today's guest is Susan Susan McIsaac. Uh, Susan has been an accountant in Amherst. Uh, since she got her CA designation in 1990. She worked for the Grant Thornton office in Amherst, which she purchased in 1999 and opened SJ McIsaac Chartered Accountant. And then in 2007, the firm, cha- firm changed its name to McIsaac Dara Chartered Accountants when Vicki Dara became a partner in the firm. So, Sue, welcome. Thank you for coming Thank on. You. Thank you, Andrew. Happy to be here. So I want uh, Susan to come on today because... Um, in the interview with Mayor Kogan and in the interview with Ron Furlong with the Amherst, Chamber of, Amherst and Area Chamber of Commerce, we talked about the Cumberland Business Connector a lot and how the Cumberland Business Connector is, has been tasked with a conduit for a lot of the information. And Susan was one of instrumental people in getting it 
set up and started a number of years ago. Is that correct? That That is. Yep. Yes. And I'm, I love to spread the word because we know we kind of fly under the radar and a lot of businesses don't know about us. And what a better time for business to know what's available in the community for support than right now. So thanks for the opportunity too. Yes, that's perfect. So um, before we get before we get to the Cumberland Business Connector, I'd kind of like to start sort of a, a bit with your story. You've been an accountant for a while, so how did you how did you get into accounting, or what what drew you towards the profession, or uh, entirely by accident? I'm okay. Where I am entirely by serendipity. All I right. Went to. Um, Mount A as a mature, I have a diploma in agriculture, worked as a, an agricultural technician in Truro. Right. Um, and my husband spent his career with the Department of Agriculture. And we moved to Amherst. We had our sons. And uh, I decided to go to university to, to get a degree. I thought I wanted to um, start working outside the house. And so I took, thought a commerce degree would be useful, took a degree in marketing because I enjoyed it, and then found out I could get a job in accounting. And I Literally, at 25, I had no idea what a CA was, let alone what they did or anything. Um, so I knew Kirk Ferguson. Okay. And he uh, was the partner in the Amherst office at the time. So I spoke to him and he had a position open. And I thought I could get a job in Amherst. That was kind of what I went to university for. This is great. And I, I honestly thought I'd teach after that. I thought I'll teach university, which I did for a few courses and realized that I was not cut out to teach university. <laughs> At least you learned that. I, you probably know our, well, you probably know both of our sons, but our older son is Kelsey's age, Ben. Yep. He, he came with a, to me with one of my classes. I was teaching um, intro audit, which I'm sure that you know, sets your heart a flutter just at the <laughs> idea. But he sat through the course. He was, I don't know, eight or nine. And on the way home, he said, Mom, face it, you're boring. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of realized none of the students was going to tell me, but I... Out of the mouth of babes, and I said, yeah, that's about it. So yeah, anyway. You say, okay. <laughs> yeah. But accounting itself, it turned out that I loved because I got a job in a small town, in a mm-hmm. small office. Our clients were all the people you'd know in the county who were running small businesses, yeah. uh, had personal taxes to deal with. And it wasn't about the numbers at all. It was about the people. It was about mm-hmm. working with your community and all the things, the not-for-profits, the business is going on. And I, I loved it from day one. And it was, like I said, it was serendipity. I fell into it, but I fell into the right place. Yes, so that sounds good. It's yeah. it, your comment about the, you know, the counting not being about the numbers is, but it obviously is because no. I mean that's. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you, it, the counting is numbers. It's compiling that. But but I think that. The image of this, the image of accountants or the accounting, I I think is is incorrect. Like that, it's all black and white, and there's a rule that tells you you got to do this and you got to do that. And I think it's having been in business for a while, I'm going, no, that's not that's not correct. Like there is a lot of creativity and problem solving needed for to be a successful accountant. I think so. I I. I, I... Yes, I think so, and I hope so too. I think if we can't help our clients solve problems, then we're missing something. Then we're not doing we're doing them a disservice. Yeah, and I think it's in in sort of with that, it's to understand every business and every person's problems are slightly different. I think is where that comes in comes into play too. There are common elements, so I think we've got a really good perspective as accountants in public practice, um, because we see so many businesses. 
uh, a variety of sizes and a variety of structures that that we can learn a little bit from each and then and then from there kind of distill what's important to tell the next one. We can use that collective experience to help us be better be better advisors for our other clients. Right. So you actually made an interesting comment. You said that you were a public accountant or a public accounting firm. And yeah. so that's, I don't know if a lot of people quite know or kind of understand what that's. They're sort of public accountants and maybe private. The, uh, maybe the terms are different now. Is, yeah, maybe it's more relevant. It's a good, good question, but and I hadn't thought of it before. Maybe it's more relevant to me than it is, or, or to us as accountants, mm-hmm. than it is to outside the profession. And probably also partly from the perspective that there's now one professional accounting designation in Canada, CPA, Chartered mm-hmm. Professional Accountants. When I started, there were three, uh, CGAs, CMAs, and CAs, and each had a slightly different perspective, um, management accounting, internal accounting for a business, and then accounting external accountants, the independent accountant and often thought of as the auditor. Um, so from a public accountant's view, when I say that, I'm, I'm thinking of someone who's outside of a business. We're not, we don't work for the company. We work as a, an external advisor and an auditor and accountant. Kind of like a third party, like sense. like uh, this, yeah. like my business would hire your business to prepare a tax return or financial statements or something like that. Yeah. Like that or, sort of relationship. Yeah, pro- provide you advice on an expansion or on a merger mm-hmm. or on a yeah, succession or whatever. Yeah. Whereas some businesses would hire a, like an accountant to work for them who would do internal work. Yes, and most of our clients and, and businesses we and not-for-profits we deal in Cumberland County are small, and uh, it would be the exception rather than the rule. Those that have their own accountant hired internally, especially a designated accountant, many many have a bookkeeper, but very often it's the owner manager is the bookkeeper. So they they need even more support in the types of, of things that we can provide and help them with, so they can focus on what they do best but still do what they need to do to make sure they're in compliance and make sure they're organizing their businesses for profitability and for taxes. Yeah. When we, uh, when we started ocean breeze estates in Northumberland properties is we were at that point, I was also entering, doing the bookkeeping and doing that sort of things for us internally, because I mean, you're starting a business. That's what, that's what you have to do. You do it all. Yeah. And so about three or four years after we had started, I was talking to our accountant and he goes, you know, your bookkeeping got a whole lot better recently. And I went, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. Somebody else is, <laughs> somebody else is doing it. So that actually is an interesting one too. So what would the difference like, like with a bookkeeper in accountants be like, what's, what are the different roles, I guess? Well, bookkeepers vary widely in their backgrounds and and their skills. Some people have a bookkeeping practice is similar to we have an accounting practice, and they provide bookkeeping services to a variety of companies. And, and typically, they will do payroll and month-to-month data entry, very often HST filing, remittances uh, up to the end of the year. And then they, they um, get the materials together and send it off to us to do year-end financial statements, tax planning, corporate tax returns, and so on. So that a bookkeeper may be in practice like that, or, or a bookkeeper may just be someone who works exclusively for one business and takes care of all of their business needs. And in that case, they would very often do more um, administrative things. And the role is often expanded because the, the actual data entry part of bookkeeping doesn't take up, may, may not necessarily take up all the time. Right. Yes. I think that w- uh, that's where the comment 
my accountant had made when once we got a bookkeeper in place that had done it more and had more experience, things got better. So with your firm then, you you know, you'll prepare year end statements and tax returns. What other what other services do you offer and can you offer in our community? We have a, a what we call our small business department and they do um, we've got four people and they do bookkeeping, payroll, HST returns, um, with, uh, and support for bookkeepers of small businesses. So we actually do the bookkeeping for some businesses and for other businesses, they do it themselves, but we help with monthly reconciliations and so on. So we're, we, we help with getting the records set up and keeping them straight month to month. Um, we do a lot of tax work and tax planning. Vicki Dara, my business partner in particular, focuses on the tax end of it. Um, we do audits, which is providing a reasonable level of assurance um, to a lot of it's for not-for-profits, municipalities, but some businesses as well. We provide a lower level of assurance called a review engagement to a lot of businesses, particularly we've got bank financing and the bank wants some an, an independent external look at the financial statements and reporting in accordance with a, with established standards so that they can compare the bank, the bank can compare its clients with other similar businesses to make sure they're performing as they should. Um, we do a lot of advisory simply because, the, as I said, the nature of our business, there's a lot of small businesses who need someone to talk to, to bounce ideas off of, to help them think through the strategy of their business or the operations of their business in a structured way to help them um, prepare projections to see what an expansion might look like or, or to prepare them for financing and so on. And Sometimes we do a lot of the work. Sometimes we do a little of the work. It just depends on the capacity and the capability and the interest of the business owner, how much they need. We also, and we're really planning this, uh, taking a lot of time right now. I'm sure all of the, the accounting firms in, in the county are um, keeping up to date on all the, the government programs and assistance to ensuring small businesses are able to access all of the supports they need. So we're trying to do that for our clients. We, we would do that in normal times, if I can use the term. Um, but it, it they certainly don't come as fast and furious as they are now. So we have a lot of farm clients, so we try to stay up to date on the, the various risk management programs, for example, that are available to agricultural clients and ensure that they're aware of them and know the benefits of participating and what they, kind of records they need to keep. And then just the advisory, just coming up alongside a business that just needs some help with family dynamics, if there's more than one owner, for example, um, or like I said, a lot of just to talk through, think through their issues. Yeah. So like on the advisory stuff, I think a lot of either like estate planning and succession planning, like those sorts of things, is that something that falls? Definitely. Guess, yeah. Because there's a, a tax aspect of it, um, but there's a, a personal aspect of it as well. A personal preparedness and especially if it's family business, there's family dynamics, but this, you, you can have the dynamics as well if it's going from uh, maybe a, it's an employee who's going to take over the business. And it, it, moving from a, an employee role to a, a leadership role, a boss role, um, often you can use some external help to, to guide you through the process. That's an example. Yeah, and I think with something like that, your comment you made before where, where your firm has dealt with so many other businesses that have gone through the process, maybe you have more, either more of an understanding of what's worked well for somebody else that may apply in, your, like in a new client's situation. Like something that worked when they're when they're transferring ownership of their business or something like that. There, I can see a lot of value being added that way from your experience working with other other clients. Yeah, I think that's. 
I feel that that is a real advantage to us for having collectively that. Yeah. And so what, the other thing I was wondering, like, what role do you see a firm like yours playing in the business community in Amherst? I hope we're integral to the business community. I really do, because I think it's, if a business is going to evaluate its profitability, if it's going to know if it's doing well relative to how it could do, if it's going to be compliant with taxes and, and compliant and efficient, so you're keeping up and everything's filed and paid on time, and yet you're paying all the two owe but not paying more, you're, you're structured for tax efficiency, um, then I think the businesses in our community will be more successful. If we do our jobs well, then I think you know, the businesses will be more successful. Somebody, somebody once said to me about with, with taxes and everything, they said, pay every single penny and everything that you owe, just don't leave a tip. I forget, we may have been <laughs> talking. I've not heard that, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, I think one of the, one of the things I've thought about, actually, I was going back to it. There, you mentioned there was the changes of everything's, all the designations are now CPA. That's correct. So what is, if somebody wanted to get into accounting, what would sort of their educational path be towards that designation or that, yeah, towards that designation? The, the, the path for most remains the same, and that's a business degree. And then you enter into the CPA program. Uh, to be a CA in the past, you had to be working with a, a public accounting firm, another with a CA firm. Um, but with the CPA designation, many people are qualifying in a, a whole variety of businesses with governments, with educational institutions. You can, can do your qualifying work experience in a real broad variety of, of uh, organizations now. Um, and then as you're working, you're taking courses as well. And the courses, the courses that you take depend on which stream you've chosen. So someone who wants to be in, in practice for us would take um, tax courses and auditing courses and standards courses. There's some commonality regardless right. of which stream you choose. But the as you progress through, there are some there are differences as well to help prepare you more specifically for the area, your area of interest and whatever the organization is. Actually, one other thing I was thinking about with this is I know that your firm's part of the AC group. Yes. So when did you, when did you join that group and, or, and what is that group? The AC group is a group of 14 independent accounting firms. So independent, we're all owned locally. Vicki and I are partners and we're the owner of McIsaac Dara. So each of the firms similarly is owned. So we have our own governance. We make our own decisions. Um, but the AC group was formed in 2005. We were a founding member that started with, with six firms and we're now 14. We just realized that uh, there was a lot we could do alone, but it's always good to have somebody to call. That's just like I said, we, we'd like to be there for our, our business clients. Um, it's, it's good to have that network of people who you can call and say, have you ever been through this before? Have you experienced that? We do common training. We help support. We can support students going through the program who are working towards their designation. We can do that better as a group than a small firm could do individually, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, the partners get together. We do benchmarking so we can compare our results. So we, we know uh, if we're being efficient, if we're managing the business aspect of our practices as well as we could be. Um, we um, might be particular training or activities on um in HR, for example, because we're all business owners, we all get, but the HR part, we don't get that training as we go through and do our designation. 
just provides us as business owners with the support we need. Um, and we've got committees that meet, that typically meet virtually anyway for tax, for accounting standards, for IT. Um, we can know what best practices are, HR, client advisory, some, but they're the broad theme. So just a, a support group for accountants, basically. Similar organizations, and we're spread out through Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, PEI, and we have a member for Newfoundland. So, and you said you were one of the founding members yes. of that group. So how did, yeah. how or how did you start that process? Yeah. Uh, we were approached by um, a firm on the South Shore. They were started, they had been part of a, of a national um partnership and their office was no longer a member of the partnership but they were looking for some of the supports that they had as being part of a larger organization and it came up in conversation with um, some other people in the in the profession and they started thinking well this would be great if if we could maintain our independence because we all believe we can serve our clients and and our staff better by being independent um, but we recognize that there's there's certainly strength in a in a group. There's a lot of benefit from having other like-minded people to talk things through. Uh, so a couple of meetings and trying to feel things out. How could this work? How could we be structured? And uh, got enough that we started out with an external person as the executive director of the of the AC group itself, and then firms just shared resources, shared training, all the stuff I've kind of talked about. And then we just grew from there. Other firms saw what we were doing and realized that they could benefit from it as well. And I think for us, it's been great. It really, we've grown a lot in the time that we've been members. And I think, I think being part of the group has challenged us and made us, made us maybe set our sights a little higher, higher, and we could do more. Yeah, it strikes me as accounting, like the, the business of accounting went through um, consolidation like a lot of the other industries did. And it became harder so. to harder to compete as an independent business with large other other large businesses other large partnerships or other large accounting firms i think that's a fair comment yeah no i think that's a, a, a very fair comment um, professional services have been going through consolidation and there have been a lot of changes in the tax act and on the tax side a lot of changes on the, the standard side so how an audit uh, how a firm complies with auditing standards, the standards themselves, how financial statements have to be reported to be in compliance with standards. All those things when you're on your own are very time consuming and difficult to keep up with. And we all have a very, want to maintain a high level of professionalism, but we're struggling to do it all on our own. So the group can do a lot of the base work itself so that it's easier for each individual firm to keep up and to be able to focus. I guess the same thing, we can focus on what we need to do dealing with our clients, serving our clients, just like we want our clients to be able to focus on their business and we can help them take care of the other stuff so they can do what they do best and what only they can do in their business. Right. That makes a lot of sense. It's, yeah, it was, I was curious about the AC group because I knew you were members and sort of the under, to get more of an understanding of what it is and why, and, and like I said, in the value, it, value it supplies to your firm, which then turns around and supplies that value to our community. Yeah. You know, it's all, Kind of connected. So I do want to move on um, to talk about the Cumberland Business Connector um, just a second, but I just have one one message for one of our sponsors that I want to share. And so today's sponsor is, and today's episode is brought to you by, it's the Great Amherst Gratitude Project. And so this is something that I started, um, that I started because in the conversation I had with Mayor Kogan, we talked of 
specifically about the public works employees, the guys on the sewer line crews and the water crews, and talked about how important their service is to us in our community and that they don't get the thanks and recognition that they deserve. And I thought about that. And then I thought further on from there, there are a lot of people in our community that don't, that deserve thanks from a lot of, from us and that we in Amherst have a lot to be grateful for. And so I want to collect these stories from people and then share them on an episode or episodes of our podcast. Uh, once we have enough, just, just to share these stories so people can again, take some time and think about the positive, positive things in our community and what we've done to help and serve each other. So if you could go to it's tgapod.com slash thanks to share your story and share your words of thanks or gratitude. And so that's tgapod.com slash thanks. So that was, yeah, a random side project I started with this. I I heard your podcast when you announced it, and I have heard some of the um, recordings of people who have called in and a, a really good initiative for our community to be appreciative and to think about but your timing is impeccable. This is, yeah, really needed right now. Uh, I, I hope you get a, a an overwhelming response. I hope so. It's uh, We're recording. It's Thursday, April 16th. I've, I think we have 12 or 13 sub- submissions already. So I think it's doing great. The Cumberland Business Connector. Yeah. Like I said at the beginning, um, in a few conversations, it keeps coming up as the resource, you know, like I said, Ron Furlong with the Amherst Chamber said it's a resource. Uh, Mayor Kogan said it was a resource for businesses. And I think there's a lot of people out there that don't um, know what it is and what services it provides. So maybe we can start there. What What is the Cumberland Business Connector? Uh, I think two things are important about the connector. One is that it is uh, countywide. So we're an organization that represents all of Cumberland County and we're focused on Cumberland County. Um, second, that it's business-led, so it was started by a bunch of business people who had an interest in helping and supporting the businesses in Cumberland County, and its board continues to be all volunteers from aspects of the business community. We, our mission, maybe that'd be the next best place to go, is, is we're a not-for-profit organization, and we focus on a, uh, contributing to the to growth of a strong business environment environment to strengthen Cumberland County. And we want to remove barriers to success to business in Cumberland County, and we want to help connect them with the resources they need. So the connector name was chosen very deliberately. Um, we, we see ourselves as the inter- intermediary. The businesses um, feed us. We, we go out to, to try and understand what the needs of businesses are, and then we hope they'll come to us independently as well. And whatever those barriers are, we'll see what we can do to remove them so that they can flourish. Right. So what would, what would be some of the projects or some of the things that the connectors worked on? So okay, maybe we, uh, I'll start with broadly speaking, we have three, three pillars that we've used um, since we incorporated as a not-for-profit and they have been government liaison. So uh, in ensuring there's open communication both ways between a business and government and that if there are um, government policies in place that are hindrances to business and they don't seem to have a another purpose that we'd make sure that government is aware of that and could it be structured differently could it be changed government knows uh, what's holding business back Uh, the next one is supporting existing businesses in Cumberland County so just being there for the businesses and trying to to meet their individual needs and help strengthen them and then to contribute to the development of a work ready 
job force in the future. So that's our, our focus is on young people at all levels of schooling from elementary, high school and post-secondary for the community college. So we want to make young people more aware of all of the opportunities there are in Cumberland County and the different things they could do, introduce them to business and help them to understand what the expectations of a business is once they get into the work. Yeah, I think because one of the board members is, um, I can't think of his name right off, the principal at NSCC. Don McCormick, yeah. Right, Don. I was thinking Dan, Dan, Don. So it seems like somebody very essential and very important to have connected to the organization in that way. And one of the other things I think often thought about in Amherst is for kids, like you ask kids, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And there's, you know, five or six sort of stock answers because that's, those are sort of the people that you're exposed to doctor, nurse, police officer. And so it's, and I know, cause I think, um, the business connector has been involved in doing job fairs and promotions of either job openings or skills developments. Like I think been different things along those lines and in the high schools too, right? Like Jonathan's been going to a lot of the high schools to put on, I don't know, job fairs or. He, he's yeah. We um, have helped with a, a job fair in this first one was held in Pugwash. And we actually worked, it was before Christmas. Um, we're going to use that as a model and roll it out to the other high schools in Cumberland County right about now. So that's obviously been deferred <laughs> yes. a bit. Um, yeah. By that, it just uh, um, helped the, the school was, was um, involved and led the initiative, which is great. We really like to see the leadership coming from the sector of the area, and then we provide the, the support in behind. So we uh, help contribute to getting businesses to come. Students could meet a variety of businesses. They could just do a, a walk around in the gym in that case. And then they could meet individually with ones they had more of an interest in to learn a little bit more about what types of jobs are available and how you had to prepare for those jobs and what kind of education you need or what kind of experience you needed and are there opportunities for students in those fields and so on. So I think that went very well, particularly for the first time we were very pleased. And we, we do, that it will be something we'll get back to. Uh, something else we've done for youth is the Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge. And we have had a couple of rounds of that. So we have opened that up. We've had participants uh, as young as nine or 10 and right up through their teens. And they have to present a business plan. And there's a pitch element to it. So part of it is getting up in front of uh, a public group and talking about their business and explaining why their business deserves to to be a winner in the category. So the the public speaking element and the confidence to talk about something they've developed. But we also have built into it some training. So the students get some basic appropriate for their age and stage of business interest, uh, introduction to keeping financial records, to marketing your business, um, to looking at your customers, to developing your product. So we've really tried to focus on not just the business itself, but all the things that go into having a success. And we were all set um, to have a March break camp on for kids we had i think we had 21 registered and again the timing but we'll we will come back to it it's a great initiative to uh, keep kids busy learning how to go about starting a business and learning about business they were going to be visiting several businesses uh in the county and then coming back and doing projects based on so all just trying to get more exposure for what the opportunities are here and give kids the idea that they can if they can build their own career as well so actually, I do have to ask this other question. I mentioned his name, Jonathan. Yes. Jonathan McClellan. Jonathan McClellan. Yeah. Yes. So 
who is he? What role does he play? And uh, Jonathan McClellan is the CEO of The Connector. So he was the inaugural CEO um, after we incorporated. And he's been with us in June, three years, I think, in June. He's from Nova Scotia, from the Valley, where he has worked in economic development before, and he's worked in private business, um, and he's worked in policy. So he's got a good broad background to bring through it. He and his family moved from the Valley to the Pugwash area and have settled here. And we joked that we we um, contributed to the population growth in the county. This is kids <laughs> in the schools in Pugwash County. But he's, he's become a member of our community and he has become the, the face and the voice and the leadership that people see for the business connection. And so where does he work out of? He works out of the old town hall on Ratchford Street. And it's now the um, credit union. Cubic? Sorry, I should have. I can't remember what the, I, I, some Cumberland business innovation center. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So we're in there. And the purpose of being there is because the chamber of commerce is there. um, CDC is there. uh, The center of uh, ACOA has offices there. um, We have had our MP and our MLA have offices there. So uh, one place where the organizations can interact closely with each other because we're all providing support just from a slightly different perspective to the businesses in Cumberland County. And it's really been a great venue for that. I've worked with Jonathan. I've talked with Jonathan a number of times. He's, he's an excellent addition to yeah. the connector, to the community, to the team. Like if there's anybody out listening, I'll put, um, like I'll put some links to like the website and his email address and phone number. Like he's a wealth of, information and a great guy to talk to and if he doesn't know he'll go out and look and try to find and get you the information you need try to connect you to the resources exactly yeah Yeah. he is a real connector he really wants to to see people do well and and make sure businesses have what they need yeah and he has a wide background too like he came from the agricultural world first down the valley is that right he 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 went to agricultural college and he, he has worked in that area and and we were proud of i think yeah it's fair to say that the part of the, we've reached out to small and large industry sectors and uh, jonathan has led some work in the red meat sector for example to try and grow that in cumberland county with with uh, smaller farms and trying to help them expand their offerings and support their businesses so we're not focusing on any size of business we want all businesses and i think jonathan is an ideal person for that because he doesn't it doesn't see anyone as too small or, or a business is unimportant. We're all contributing to the economic activity here and that's going to make us. And then there's somebody else that works with Jonathan as well, right? Emily. As Emily, right. Emily is a, a Nova Scotia Community College graduate and she was hired initially as a, a summer student. And then she came on and stayed on after a summer position. She was going to go back to school, but then she decided she'd do her schooling online to, to, uh, continue her education, but she would work full-time while she's doing it. Uh, and she has run the Youth, Entre- Youth Entrepreneurship Program. She's doing a great job with that. She, the um, March Break Camp was her baby, and she came up with it and, and did the programming and did the research on it. And she's helping, she's providing a lot of support for Jonathan. So she's learning a lot about economic development by working for him, by helping with research, helping with policy, helping with administrative things. It's just like a small business. Yeah. Not very many people. You do what you need to do to get things done. Yeah. Cause when you think about the, like the business community in Cumberland County, like the industries that you'd be supporting, you have agriculture, you know, farms, blueberries, um, well, forestry and yeah. manufacturing in Amherst, there's 
you know, retail, there's, it's a huge, yeah, it's trucking, transportation, construction. It's a huge, you need a huge breadth of knowledge to be able to understand the different industries and the challenges that they face and what's happening with them. We don't purport to to have an in-depth understanding of them all. We just want to know who they are and want them to come to us with what it is they need. And then we'll help try and get them together with whatever entity, service, organization that they need to move their business along. I was going to say, I think I saw the the idea for the Cumberland Business Connector was based out of or came out of um, the Ivany report from was that 2015, 14, 15? Yeah, that, yeah. That's Around that right. time frame? Yeah, yeah about right. How did things get started in the creation of the Business Connector? If you remember the report, one of its tenets was that government can't do this alone. We can't, we as a province can't sit back and assume government is going to make everything all right for us, that it's going to take care of all the businesses, thing that, that we all have a responsibility to contribute to the, to the prosperity of our, of our province. Um, so there were a few business people in town that said that took that to heart and said, okay, if business has a responsibility to contribute here, what can we do? Uh, we met informally. Um, there were about half a dozen of us. And Dave McNairn from Hicks Lemoyne, Mike Stack from Archway Insurance, uh, Matt Cormier, who was with Dales at the time and now is with Cormier Weatherby, uh, chartered accountants, Elizabeth Smith-Crossan, who was in business at that point, and obviously, of course, came became our MLA, um, Ann Sharp. Um, representative with Aveda and Stephen Emerson with Emerson Packaging. Um, we were meeting Wednesday mornings just to kind of talk about what we could do. We started some smaller uh, initiatives from there and uh, talked a lot to a lot of businesses of all sizes in Cumberland County and, and ended up concluding that we could do more if we had, if we were a uh, more formal organization, if we had some staffing because it was everything was depending on volunteers at that point yeah and if you look at the list of people that you let off you know a lot of busy people <laughs> we'll put it that way and the adage that if you want something done ask a busy person i think that's, that's I think true there's a lot of truth to that adage. yes absolutely um, but, but great people all interested and all had different backgrounds which is really good mm-hmm. because you get the, the broad perspective and and thought on what we um what needed to be done so we could make sure we weren't just looking at, at, at the issues from, from a narrow perspective. We met, as I said, weekly for quite some time, and then we decided to formalize our, our organization. So we incorporated as a not-for-profit society, and we approached the town and the, the town of Oxford, the town of Amherst, and uh, the town of Parsborough at the time, but they were brought into the county shortly after, and the municipality of the county of Cumberland, um, and said, we don't have a um, regional economic net, regional enterprise network and REN in our area. And we were supportive of that because we thought that the original proposals for the RENs didn't suit the needs of Cumberland County, that we were an economic unit unto ourselves and we really needed something on the ground focused on Cumberland County. Because that original proposal was like somebody out of Truro to do like Truro, New Glasgow, Cumberland County, right? Like that's, that's right. like to do that huge area. Yeah. So we wanted to, to, we, we felt this should, should focus on, on the County um, at large and the, 
municipal units were very supportive and very cooperative with it didn't take them long to come up with a funding model that they all agreed with so that's that's how we're funded um and they're it's shared among the three and after we were established for a while the, the province said that uh they would be interested they would consider funding us in a similar manner as they did the other rents through, throughout the rest of the province we're, we're very, very similar. Our, our incorporating documents are slightly different and we're different in that all of our board members are business people. We don't have any elected officials. So we, we are able to, um, identify our own strategy and appoint our own board members. And a small distinction, perhaps, that was very important to us to begin with that, that this be an initiative by business. We appreciate the fact that we're getting supported financially by the municipal units. We appreciate that very much, but that business was making the commitment that we were going to to provide the manpower to to make this work. Yeah, it, it's tough to have a political appointees on the board when you're also then turning around and going back to the organization. Like you can create some uh, maybe conflicts of interest or something like that, that if you kind of cross, whereas if you're just a business organization or business people going to the government, there's no, um, yeah, like I said, no conflicts of interest or no potential issues that way. So I think there is a lot of advantages to keep it separate. Yeah, we, we felt that as well. So the funding model, it's some provincial money, town of Amherst, municipality of Cumberland County, and the town of Oxford. Is there any, like, do you have, do you have to fundraise? Like, do you, do you solicit donations? Like, is there any of that? No, we, no, we have not. Um, we are, we want to be a membership driven organization because we want to, to truly represent the, the county businesses at large. So we do have a membership structure, but membership is $10. It's a notional amount. So they're not expected to be a fundraiser from there. And no, we have had no other sources of funding at this point. And some some of our initiatives, like the Cumberland Youth uh, Entrepreneurship Challenge, we have partnered with other organizations. So it hasn't just been money from the connector, but uh, ACOA has been supportive. CBDC has been the supporter of the Chamber of Commerce. And you can see the organizations that are in the building, they've, they've got, there is a, they meet regularly calling themselves Team Cumberland with representation from the municipal units. And so you can you get to know what everybody else is doing. You try and they work together to try and identify the gaps, make sure there's not duplication and what needs to get done. And it is, it's a really cooperative um, group that with everybody has the same purpose. Yeah, it's, I, that makes a lot of sense to me because there's, like if we look at it as a whole community, if you know, the municipality of Cumberland businesses are doing well, but the town of Amherst businesses aren't. Are we really getting ahead? Or the town of Oxford businesses aren't succeeding? It's sort of, it's it, it's going to be one of these things that we all have to work together to succeed. That's how we feel, yeah. So for businesses out there that aren't members and want to join, I assume it's contact Jonathan? Yes. So this is one question that I've got to ask because this is always presented as the solution for businesses in Amherst and the business community in Amherst. And it's basically, you know, you know, why can't the business connector just go out and get us a new industry for the industrial park? It has to be easy, right? I, I have an answer to that one. <laughs> <laughs> just because we, we decided when we were establishing our priorities and setting what I called our pillars before, um, we talked a lot about the role of business attraction and we concluded that, that, that wasn't and shouldn't be our primary role. Um, so we left 
we thought that the municipal units were better suited for that particular aspect of economic development. If there's a business they're trying to attract or they want to know something more about a business or then we're certainly there to support and to help, but we don't see our primary role. We, we are our, we're more focused on supporting the businesses that are here. Love to see new businesses come and it's just, we different roles for the different players. We're not, we're certainly by no means the, the only player. We just want to, to be supporting and you know, do our share. And we see in, in terms of the businesses here, we turn, we see that as supporting existing businesses. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you that, that, you know, we hope that we get another big industry to the industrial park because it brings a lot of jobs quickly. That can't be our plan. Like we can't plan to hope somebody comes and brings 300 jobs. We've got to strengthen what we've got and improve what we've got. So I think I've always liked that aspect of the mission of the business connector, that it was more focused on as much focused on what we can control and what we can do as a community and as our, yeah, as a community and as a business community. So with the business connector, there's the board of directors yep. and there's the CEO. Yep. And then is there more to the structure? Are there any committees people can be involved in? How's that set up? Yes, there are. Um, so two aspects of our structure. One is the oversight. We've got public money coming in. So it's important that, that is, there's accountability. So we have an audit committee and we have audited financial statements every year. And um, we have a liaison and oversight committee. And the liaison and oversight committee is very much from the REN model, from the provincial model. And that's made up of representatives of each of the funding partners. And they review our budget. They review our mandate. We meet with them. Um, on a regularly scheduled basis through the year so they can ensure that that we are governing ourselves appropriately and that we're being responsible stewards of the, the money that they're providing to us. So that's at the, the high level. And then we have the standing committees, nominating and finance and insurance home, but that we have a, a committee for each of our pillars as well. So the workforce preparation committee, the business support committee, and the government liaison committee. And our intent is we've obviously been very focused with the business support right now because of the, the times we're in. Um, but what we, how we see that working ideally as we um, continue to grow and, and move forward is having board members and non-board members, members from the business community at large on each of the committees, um, probably for specific projects or specific uh, things that the, the committees are undertaking. We really want this want to involve as many business people as we can. And maybe it's a one-off, maybe it's a short-term, but maybe it's also something that's longer-term that somebody's got an interest in and will continue um, supporting and help the, help the connector to, to achieve its goals. Right. And so if somebody was interested in getting involved in one of the communities, uh, what's the best way for them to either get more information or get put their name forward? Again, Jonathan, certainly, I can, you can always we'll file it all on Jonathan, but it, someone who, who is interested, for example, in um, serving on the board or serving in a committee, they can, I'm chair of the board, they can, they're welcome to get a hold of me or, or any of our other board members. So a couple, I'll just, if I may, just run through them. So a couple of them are from our original committee. Dave McNairn is a, a director, Mike Stack is a director, um, David Hoffman from the frozen food, obviously. Uh, Daryl Kuhn, who's recently retired from the credit union. Don McCormick, as we mentioned, from the community college. And Kevin Toth from Fox Harbor. 
So I was trying to get broad representation, different industries. So if, if a business person knows any of those individuals, wants to approach them, that's great. Go through that channel, but also straight to Jonathan or, or welcome to contact. Perfect. That's, yeah, that's one way for everybody to get involved. Um, and same with if somebody wanted to, in the business community, get involved in the Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge or um, the high, the job school, job fairs. Just if they let us know what their interest is, then we'll we'll try and do our best to ensure that you know they're they're able to participate that way. Yeah, we have certain when you talk about the youth entrepreneurship challenge, the the judges have come from the the business committee. And, and you touched on a bit. What role is the business connector playing in everything that's happening right now? We're trying to be a conduit for information. So we we early on revamped our website. So it, the, the um, landing page directs businesses to where they can find resources. And uh, we've got that organized in a couple of ways. So what links to government resources and the government programs that are they're coming out um, and links to other business organizations. The Chamber of Commerce is, has really taken a leading role nationally, as has CFIB. And they've got more resources, obviously, nationally than we do. So we're, we're just funneling people to their website. We went through and tried to determine where where the best information was organized in the best manner. We didn't want to try and replicate that, but we want to make sure it's easily accessible. So we're just trying to distill the information uh, and make it available. And then as there are updates on the programming and so on, we're collecting them. And the local chamber, the Amherston Area Chamber of Commerce, um, Ron Furlong and Jonathan McClellan from The Connector working very closely together to ensure they're on top of what the government programs are and then funneling through the municipal units to get that information out to as many many people as possible and then from the other end they're also contacting businesses and collecting information from businesses to determine where what problems our local businesses are facing and saying how can we help you get past this do we need to find something out from government for you um, do we need to connect you with another business or another organization what is we're trying to be proactive and reach out to as many businesses as we can but um obviously it's it's hard to call every single one and and one of the things we're working on is a directory of businesses in the county so we don't have contact information for any everybody but the one message i would really like to get out Andrew, is that any business in cumberland county who who needs help right now please contact the connector and we'll do our very best to put you in touch with or help you interpret help you understand the resources you need to to try and get through this i think that's uh Great message. We're getting near the end of our time. I think that's a great message to wrap up. So um, like you said, if anybody out there needs help, uh, any businesses or whatever, you can reach out to probably the best is Jonathan at the Business Connector office. I'll put his email, his phone number, uh, contact info there in the show notes and on our webpage. Um, yeah, just that if anybody needs it. So yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Um, Susan, Thank I think you. this was great. I'm glad we were able to share some of the background and some of where the where the business connector came from. So I really enjoyed the conversation. And like I said at the beginning, I applaud you for doing this. I think it's a great initiative for, for the county. I'd really, yeah, really good. Thank you. Thank you to Susan McIsaac with McIsaac Dara Chartered Accountants for coming on and being our guest today. I, I appreciate the time and the explanation behind your career path and the development of the Cumberland Business Connector. If you enjoyed this episode and are enjoying our local interviews and our local stories, 
Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, and that way you won't miss another episode.